0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode. I appreciate you joining me this week. My guest is Jake Baker, another weightlifter from California Strength. A few months back, I interviewed Kelly Wild, who also lifts at Cal Strength. If you guys are in the weightlifting community, chances are you've watched the YouTube videos like I have, and I just saw Jake actually started putting out a podcast with Wes Kitts called the Be Somebody Podcast. I heard their show, and I uh, just wanted to get Jake on. I knew he had a funny personality. He's a little bit goofy. So, it was just fun to talk to Jake, uh, get some insight on Cal Strength, see what's going on there. And yeah, just a really fun one this week. So, sit back and enjoy it, and I will talk to you guys at the end. All right. This week, my guest on the podcast is Jake Baker, weightlifter out of California Strength. Thanks for joining me, Jake.
1: Yeah. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I was telling you a little bit off air that Cal Strength is this weird place because we're all in the weightlifting community we're watching you guys on youtube yeah and we're like in the gym with you and then you kind of meet and talk to somebody and it's it's obviously completely different but right what's that environment been
1: like since you since you started going there i mean it is truly um the mecca of weightlifting i would say like uh when i first got there there's just this kind of aura in the gym and it it's almost like like the lights are different like you know i couldn't really explain it but i think everyone who's there is just so committed to doing everything at a high level. So it is very um, serious in the sense that like when you're there, you're there to train and our team, we're fortunate enough to all kind of like each other and we have a really good atmosphere, but at the same time, things can get very emotional because we're all there. We all have these very high expectations for ourselves and we're all pushing ourselves doing these crazy programs, you know, trying to operate at the ragged edges of our ability as Dave, the head coach says. Um, so yeah, man, it's uh, coming from, uh, so I am approaching my one year mark at Cal strength and I would say coming from a different gym to here, all the, the, um, things you expect are true like uh, training with Wes is awesome and and having someone like that to push you is incredibly helpful and just everyone having this kind of synergistic mentality of we're gonna get better no matter what sometimes it's hard and sometimes you know it feels like it might break you but if you can really just stick it out and push to that point everyone's getting better
0: oh yeah Well, let's just, let's just backtrack with, uh, your background. Like how did you first get into weightlifting? What, uh, what pushed you into it?
1: Well, I, um, let's see. So I started weightlifting when I was just about 21 in 2012. Uh, actually I guess I was 20 January of 2012. So I had enlisted in the army. I was in the Massachusetts national guard and, um, there, when I enlisted, I was about same height, so 6'1 and 155 pounds. So I was pretty light. And uh, basically, my recruiter was just like, look, you're not going to pass your, like, cotton weight test. You're, you're underweight, so you need to gain some weight. And through him, I got attached with, like, uh, a little CrossFit crew that was out in Massachusetts. And eventually, I went to West Point Military Academy, and when I left that CrossFit crew, you know, CrossFit's fun when you have that community and you have all those people who you're working out with. And eventually when I moved to New York to go to West Point Prep School, I was just doing these workouts alone. And it was like, man, this is really lame. Just like, I don't want to do Murph alone and suck air by myself. So I just started focusing on weightlifting. And um, I started with like that Jim Wendler's 5 through one like uh, kind of a linear progression strength thing. And Doing snatch and clean and jerk, just kind of looking at YouTube videos and trying to teach myself. And I don't know, it was just something that I always enjoyed. and And I would watch like, um, did you know Frank w- Rothwell on YouTube? He posts like some old, yeah, 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 like the uh, nineteen seventies stuff. Yeah, weightlifting competitions, and I would watch those and just be like, man, this is so badass. Like, I just want to be, I want to be on that stage one day, and I want to make that last clean and jerk and and feel that, and you know devote myself to something that is fun you know can help you be more athletic and more functional as a soldier at the time and yeah it just kind of was something that I guess made me unique because no one else was doing it and just that alone was enough incentive to keep going
0: yeah and just looking at your background doing uh, some research you didn't play any sports in high school Nope. (laughs) you didn't have an athletic background at all. And it's, it's incredible to watch you move now because your positions and mobility are top notch. So, so what, uh, what like pushed you into that
1: you think to really take it seriously? I think, you know, I want to say that a lot of weightlifters have this in common to where we're almost obsessive in a way. And uh, we're all this very, you know, I think it takes a certain personality, a very competitive and um, almost obsessive personality to to enjoy something like weightlifting or to really excel at it. And I've kind of always had that. So I didn't play sports in high school, but um, I played music. I played the drums and with the drums it was just this very obsessive like i would practice maybe six hours every day and drive my mom crazy and every day i was researching how to get better what rudiments to play what crazy song like what the best drummers are doing and i think Just with that personality, it just transferred into weightlifting to where when I started, I was doing three sessions every day, waking up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning before morning PT when I was in the army to go work with a barbell and do some snatch and um, basically max on snatch three times a day because I was weak. And so clean and jerk was naturally harder. I think a snatch workout would be like snatch up to, um, man, 185 pounds as a max single and then clean and jerk up to like 135, and do a couple doubles there, and be like, okay, that's enough for me, but um, yeah, it was just, I guess, you know, just loving doing it, and loving the process of like watching, being inspired by watching a video, seeing a really good weightlifter, and then going to the gym, and trying to replicate that, and trying to move like that, and then if I couldn't, You know, just using the internet as a resource and and obsessing and being like, how do I make my ankle mobility better? How do I not round my back on a clean? And how do I, you know, clean faster, stuff like that. So um, yeah, it was a lot of uh, Catalyst Athletics. Greg put out a lot of content during that time and a lot of Cal Strength, actually. Like I've watched Cal Strength YouTube videos um, regularly when I started. So it was kind of funny finally ending up here that's interesting that you had that
0: mindset where you wanted to practice all the time it didn't matter like what you were doing it whether it was music or it's weightlifting because i think a lot of kids now like you know you want to play video games and you want to you know you move on to the next thing so fast it's right it's really rare for somebody to to devote all their time into one one thing and i think sometimes that can be beneficial, but it can also be a fault too. Like if, oh, you're, if you're just banging your head against the wall and you're not getting any
1: results. Yeah. I joke that like my mental state is 100% determined by how my lifting's going. So like if I'm not lifting well, I'm in a bad mood. And if I'm lifting well, I'm the happiest person on earth. So that maybe isn't the most healthy thing, but it's like, there's been so many times where like, I'm just upset and not feeling it and I'm like what is actually going on I, my life is actually pretty fine you know I'm just in school working being I have the you know I'm fortunate enough to be able to train but um, my wrist hurts so I can't snatch well so I'm just like kind of pissed off generally <laughs> yeah I think we all have that it's yeah like that, and you can have a couple good days
0: in a row and everything's fine and then you have that one session where one bad day and you're like I'm,
1: I suck at weightlifting I hate this I'm a quit <laughs>
0: yeah exactly yeah. so You've been at a at a pretty high level for a long time. What motivates you to keep going? Like, especially when you see the top guys, you Wes uh, Chevy. Yeah, you're only going up a kilo at a time. It's very rare at this stage in the game that you're going to hit a PR. So, Absolutely. what do you think's the driving force to to just keep
1: moving? I think you know I think about that a lot, and there's a couple different things. So, one of them being. Um, I think weightlifting has kind of changed me in a pretty fundamental way in that before I started this sport, like many people, I was uh, pretty self-conscious, you know, really skinny. Actually, I was really fat as a kid and uh, lost a bunch of weight as I was a senior in high school and was really skinny and never like, you know, the, the, Type of body type that we all want with like the big shoulders and being jacked and stuff like that. So, you know, before weightlifting, I was very self conscious. Um, I think I had, you know, issues with myself and my confidence. And after I started doing this, and I started realizing like, hey, I'm actually, I can be really good at something, all I have to do is work at it. And I've kind of developed that and that's allowed me to be successful in other areas in life, um, in school and in work. And so I think just by learning that from weightlifting, I kind of owe it to the sport just to see what I can do. It's one of those things where when I first started, I, we we were all talking about the Olympics, right? Like that is the, that's the top tier of your goal. And that's always kind of been at the forefront of my mind. And it's, it slowly starts to become a more realistic thing, um, But yeah, so I think just being able to give back to weightlifting, what it did for me is important to me. So I like to stay in the sport, you know, I do a little bit of coaching. And so I like to help people and see if, if they can make the same revelations about themselves that I made. Um, And it's, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things, like, I want to give back, and I want to stick with it. And there's a negative connotation to say that, I feel like I owe it to weightlifting to stick it out, but I don't mean it like that. It's just like, I have this feeling like I just want to with everything it gave me, I just want to kind of see where I can go with it. Right. And then part of that too, part of just sticking with it and and wanting to continue to drive towards those goals is um, just believing in yourself. Like as someone who started really late, I know that my biggest weakness is actually my strength. Like, um, for for what I'm snatching, I'm squatting probably 50 to 80 kilos less than most of the guys who are snatching that same number. And I think it's just uh, because I started so late and I have these imbalances and a lot of things that I need to work on in order to get stronger. But part of it is like, cool, I've gotten as far as I've gotten by back squatting, you know, 230 kilos, pretty small, like a lot of guys in my weight class can front squat that. And so it's exciting to see like once I start addressing these issues, things that I've been working on since I've been in Cal Strength, and once I get my strength going, and once I'm, you know, I've been doing this long enough to where I my body does start to adapt and does start to get stronger, then I'm I'm excited to see what I can do after that. You know what I mean?
0: And we were talking a little bit um moving gyms. So you just when you move to Cal Strength, what um what was the conversation like with your coach? to actually move to the gym. Cause we talked about it's, it's a very hard thing to do in yeah, weightlifting. If some, you're-
1: it, it is. It's, it's almost like you have to burn a bridge. And I really wish it didn't have to be that way. And fortunately for me, um, I, I do still, I'm in contact with Don, my former coach a little bit and um, he's out in Virginia now with his family, but I think he knew that it was coming to a point where maybe me moving on would be the right answer. Uh, we trained together. Through, I would say the peak of our career together, athlete and coach, was in 2017. Um, AO Series One in Reno, I had a PR snatch 157 and ended up making a 183 clean and jerk, and that was a good enough total to be on the University World Team um, in Taiwan that year. And from there, that was a we pushed really hard to that point, and I think I just kind of stalled. So I struggled a lot. Then over the next two and a half years, uh, I put one kilo on my snatch and then didn't really move the clean or the jerk or the, or really anything else for another two years. And it was something we talked about where maybe for me it is necessary or beneficial to have someone to chase. And at the gym I was at before, I was one of the only one o nines, and so I wasn't able to really share a bar with anyone or have anyone who was doing similar weights. And uh, Don and I had talked about, you know, maybe we should go to Cal Strength here and there to um, lift with those guys so I can um, just be in that atmosphere. And we did, and it came to nationals in 2019. Um, I just had a bad performance and I ended up hurting my back. And at the time I was really focused on my school career. So I was planning on actually stopping weightlifting just to focus on school. Um, And I don't know what happened. I drove home to Colorado. I'm from Colorado. And so it's about an 18 hour drive from California there and just had a lot of time to think to myself and basically realized like, I haven't done everything I can do yet. You know, it's like that definition of insanity. You keep trying the same thing and expecting a different result. And I was getting frustrated because I was trying the same thing and not finding the results. And after realizing like, I have no right to be frustrated right now and feel like I'm done. Um, I need to try something else. I drove back after seeing my family in Colorado and talked to Don and was just like, I think I need to make this move. You know, I'm, I'm going all in. So I moved to the Bay Area from Sacramento um, just to be able to train at Cal Strength full-time and really just kind of delve deeper. You know, it. I was at the tip of the cliff. I was right at the edge and I could have walked back and just kind of gone a different direction or jump. And I think it was believing in myself enough that like, yeah, I need to jump.
0: That's awesome. That, yeah. that takes balls, man, to like, to really throw yourself all in at something. I think we're all, you know, when we start something or if you're doing something for a long period of time, like when do we back off? And I think yeah. saying like actually putting it out there saying, this is my goal. I don't think I'm at the peak. Like, yeah, there's a lot of consequences if you fail, but I don't, but I don't think there is man. It's like doing it and actually throwing it out there and like putting yourself in the position to do it, I think is, is one of the most incredible things you can do. Absolutely. And like, if, if you have kids one day and like, I always think about this, if I have kids and I tell them, I want you guys to go after, whatever you want in life. If I didn't do that, if I just sat at a fucking desk all day, right. Like how can I say that be to somebody else? Hypocritical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly,
1: man. Yeah, I think it took me actually voicing like, I think I'm going to be done for me to like hear that come out of my mouth and be like, what the fuck? I don't, that's <laughs> not me. I'm not there yet. Like I, I have to reassess and I have to take an honest look at the work I've done. And I realized like, maybe I feel entitled to improve when I didn't really do the right things. And that's, that's the tricky thing about weightlifting and having these goals and aspirations is you can, you can absolutely work your hardest. You can be the most hardworking person in the world and you might not even get better, but that's just what this is. You know, sometimes it's, there's, there's more that can be done. And if you think you're, you're working your absolutely hardest, sometimes that can be, um, negative in a way because it's like well I've done everything I can I can't do anymore versus just being open-minded to change and just continuing learning and and at the end of the day I think being at Cal Strength, one thing that I've realized is that rather than when we talk about goals we're usually talking about a concrete number and that's a very I think initially for goal setting that's a very important thing but at this point and a lot of people at the high level I think what you have to do just to maintain your sanity for that day in and day out, your goal is just mastery of Olympic weightlifting. Your goal is to be able to do something that you love and to continue learning and to have that intellectual vitality, you know, that that drive to always want to be learning something. And that's how you can go in, maybe not hit the numbers you needed to hit, but know in the back of your mind, like, I did get better because I learned this and I'm going to use this to make myself better. I might not have seen the number today, but you know, when my knee's healthier, it's going to happen. When my shoulder, it's going to happen. When I'm, when I practice this, it's going to happen. So it's just that it's mastery, you know, it's not necessarily numbers at that point.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. I I think, yeah, you can definitely compare it to, to true mastery. So being at Cal Strength when you first got there, uh, what's the environment like, what changes do you think
1: you made personally? Um, definitely like, from a technique standpoint, i Dave changed a lot of things about my lifting. And I think now, just in the past year, I have such a better understanding of what it takes from a biomechanical perspective to lift really heavy weights. And it was a bunch of things that I had never heard of before. Um, and there are a bunch of things that are actually very simple and very, um, they're, they're, they're uh, not as complex as I would have thought and very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? you would expect those things, right? So changing my technique. And then a lot of it has been um, kind of being honest with myself too, just like with how my body feels and how I'm doing that day. Because I know the way I've trained in the past is that I have this expectation and this number I need to hit. And then when I don't do that, it's very frustrating. And when I would go to the gym in the past, I would have this mindset of like, I'm not even gonna admit that anything hurts because I think that that talk can be negative. That can affect me. Whereas like Wes will come in and he'll be like, damn, my quads are really sore. And it's that idea of like, you can admit when something doesn't feel right, but that's not an excuse to not be able to do what you have to do. And that was, that was unique to that culture where like Wes would almost be like, like, damn, I just don't feel good today. Like um, I think in the past, I would view that as being like, don't, don't bring, don't talk yourself down when all it was, was doing was being honest and he was still crushing his numbers and doing what he needed to do. I had a I had a mental
0: skills coach back uh, a couple months ago and he was talking about neutral thinking. So yeah. they had they have uh there's positive thinking where you can like almost lie to yourself and you know yeah. even when your wrist hurts you're like my wrist feels great today. Yeah. And like that's just bullshit. But right. neg- negative thinking also like saying I can't do all these things. I'm, I'm going to have a terrible day. That's also benefit, yeah. not beneficial. So neutral thinking is more like I'm sore as shit. It's a reality. I squatted the last yeah, few days it's in a row. Yeah. So you're just honest with yourself that this is how things feel. I'm going to push as hard yeah. as I can. And, and that's it today.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that's one of those things that I have retained from being in the army is like, you know, false motivation is still motivation and you just fake it till you make it kind of thing like just lie to yourself you don't feel bad you can still do this 20 mile rock march like it's not a big deal but yeah the neutral thinking is what's what's beneficial yeah and i remember that
0: uh weightlifting coach john bros there was an episode of barbell Mm -hmm. shrug back in the day and it was like how you feel is a lie you should squat you should squat heavy every single day (laughs) yeah and, and I did that for a while. I got hurt. <laughs> I got hurt doing that because <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I feel fine. Whatever. Yeah. Like my body's lying to me. So what's the, what's the push been like? I, I, I just can't imagine. Cause I'm not in the environment where somebody's pushing me as much as it seems like you guys are pushing each other. Mm-hmm. So do you ever, you know, have days where it's like, I don't really want to do this because it's such yeah. a competitive atmosphere.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And especially, um, You know the we just did two really hard accumulation cycles or uh, a volume cycle, and um, yeah, that was probably the hardest eight weeks of my weightlifting career in terms of training, and it happened to be the best eight weeks of my training. Um, I was nursing an injury of my shoulder, so my snatches weren't very heavy. Technically, I think I made a lot of improvements, but clean and jerk was just like I was hitting 180. Plus, sometimes in 190 plus for like um, maybe three or four times a week, uh, two or three times a week, I think is more accurate for that. But something I had never done before, and one of those things where that's the benefit of having all, all the people who are like-minded and who all kind of have that that mindset of like, yes, it's going to hurt, but we're still going to do what we need to do. Because there were days when we were all feeling like shit. And then we'd go over to our little turf area to warm up. And we're just talking about how bad we feel. And that was enough to kind of lift our spirits to just be able to take the training for that day. So I think from a morale uh, perspective, that was very useful. And for those moments when like, the last thing you want to do is pick up a barbell. And then also having someone like Chevy who is 20 kilos lighter than me, more than that, 25 kilos lighter than me. And um, lifting, you know, I'm only lifting 10, 10 or 15 kilos more than him. Um, Chevy was always a really big push because he, he will go not go off program, but he'll go up and that'll put pressure on me. And there were plenty of times when like, Chevy's gonna clean 180 and I cleaned 180 because that was my number but then I'm like I'm not gonna let Chevy clean the same as me today so I'm gonna put 185 on and I didn't even want to do it and it ends up being a really great clean and jerk because you know you just have that that someone chasing at you someone nipping at your heels do you think
0: you've had like the competitive nature before because I I find that a lot of people who don't play sports typically don't have that so where do you think that comes from with you
1: Oh, man, I've thought about that same thing and I don't know. It's funny because you mentioned like kids nowadays just want to play video games. And that was, that was me like for up until like high school, when I started playing drums, I played a lot of video games and just like enjoyed doing that kind of stuff. And I think the competitiveness may have just come from uh, my siblings. Like I'm, I'm the youngest of four. So I have an older sister who's 10 years older than me, my brother, is eight years older than me. And my other brother is two years older than me. And, um, John, the brother who's two years older than me, we would spend a lot of time together. And, you know, I think it was just that idea of like, yes, I'm the youngest and I'm the kid of the family. I'm the baby, but I don't want to be viewed like that. So I'm always going to try just for a little more. Like I'm, I'm competing with them subconsciously when there's no competition, you know what I mean? And, um, man. Yeah. I don't know. To be honest, I think that's just how I'm wired. Just a very competitive person, naturally. Anytime we play a family game, it was just always my job. All I wanted to do was to win. Um, <laughs> my brother and I, I don't know if you're familiar with the video game Tekken. It's like a fighting video game. But like we would do competitions playing Tekken. And, like, we would tr- stay up to, like, 3 in the morning training on this video game, right, just because we wanted to win, and that was just, like, who we were. So, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't from sports, but I don't know. Just I liked winning. That's cool. It's it's definitely fun, like, hearing the different perspectives. Yeah, it is, it is uh, not like most athletes, I would say, but competition can exist elsewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, because even, you know, just weightlifting – Weightlifting strange, man. Cause I, I was talking about this with another podcast. I went on that like, I did powerlifting for a little bit and everyone cheers for each other. You're like, you're high five in the guy who just beat you. And weightlifting is no one's talking to each other. Everyone kind of knows each other from Instagram, yeah. but no, no one says hi. No one like helps you warm up. There's, there's yeah. just nothing there. Totally. So it's uh yeah, it's definitely an interesting atmosphere
1: yeah my experience has been very like um there is that uh idea of like you know everyone is your competition and it's very cutthroat in that in that aspect but every time hey dog's barking um after the competition at like the hotel bar is where you will make some of the best friends you'll ever meet because once once that pressure is off i think think like i was saying you know all weightlifters are that type a personality and we can be very obsessive and we can be very competitive and i think after that pressure is off we can actually be ourselves so in the back room yeah things might be tense we're not we're not here to make friends in the back room but once that pressure is gone it's like you know you'll meet there's some really generally everyone's pretty nice yeah and i think when you don't know anybody,
0: like everyone's kind of, especially like, I've only competed at the AO series so far. I'm going to do nationals in, uh, in December. Yeah. So that'll be my first like big one. But even at the AO series, like people are coming in from Florida, California, Texas yeah. and and no one, you know, you see people train on Instagram, but you don't actually know them. Yeah. So I think that could be a, be a thing. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your goal surrounding weightlifting like coming up?
1: Well, I think with the quarantine, um, what I ended up doing last AO was this thing down to 102 because my, my numbers as 109 would have put me in a decent spot to go to Pan Am's so as a 102. So I cut and I, I snatched 57. I think I needed 160. So three kilos off on snatch. And then um, I was prepping for a 195 clean and jerk and, really didn't come close. I, I ended up weighing at 5 a.m. I think my, my weigh-ins were at 9 and then at 5 a.m. I woke up, jumped on the scale and I was like 105.8. And so I had four hours to cut almost four kilos and was just like in the hot bathtub and spitting in a cup. And my I've been able to cut to 105 fairly easily from 110. And when I decided to cut to 107, I was weighing maybe be weights. So I was like, yeah, that should be pretty manageable, right? Um, And it was just a really hard cut. And so I go to clean and jerk and just had no core strength being one or two. So I kind of shit the bet on clean and jerk. But after that, uh, the whole next year, this year was really supposed to just be focused on finishing school and getting stronger. And then with the quarantine that happened, it gave us an opportunity to really just focus on training uh my school ended up being online so we could really take the time to focus on training so we're coming to the point now where cal strength is making a big push for american open finals and nationals i think most of us will end up doing nationals um yeah for the most part
0: all right but, so every everyone else sign up for uh, ao finals <laughs> then if yeah. you want to win
1: <laughs> but yeah so um We'll do nationals. And I think Dave is planning on taking a a good team there. Uh, Wes hasn't been able to compete in the United States or non internationally for a long time, just because with that Olympic qualification procedure, it was so many international events that um, he was always going, he was always traveling every time it it came to uh, doing a meet. So he's excited to do that. And at this point, you know, I kind of go back and forth. Like I'm ready to train up and go crush it at nationals. And hopefully, you know, I'm an American Open champion. I would love to be a national ch- champ at some point. Um, and s- starting, you know, the end of this quad and or the start of next quad will be a great time to do that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know with how things are going with the quarantine. So it kind of depends. Like, if nationals is actually going to happen, that's where we're going. And I'm prepping for a total to potentially go to Pan Ams the following year in 2021. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Like I was telling you before we started recording, um, this next year is pretty important for me for school. So this will be the first time that I really have to juggle some difficult, um, not difficult. It's always been difficult. I'll have to put a lot more time into school and my senior project for my major and all that stuff while trying to get better at weightlifting. Um, but you know, if, being at Cal Strength has done anything for me. It's just kind of given me that vote of confidence that like the things I'm trying to do are very attainable, very realistic. And all I gotta do is kind of trust the program, show up and and do what I've been doing, essentially do my best pretty much every training session. Yeah. And once you're at that top level, it's just
0: so it's it's just work at that point. Like yeah. you're you're not probably making too many technique changes. It's just yeah. You need to get stronger. You need to do more snatches and more clean and jerks. And that yeah. there's no easy answer. Yeah, exactly. So we talked a bunch about weightlifting. What uh do you have any like daily habits or routines that you're doing to kind of just improve your health um like outside the gym?
1: So this is a new one. What I thought was improving my health before during quarantine was sleeping a lot more because, um, I'm I do like personal training and personal coaching for weightlifting. And when quarantine started, I wasn't able to do that. And so, uh, without my early morning clients, dude, I was waking up at like 10 and it was awesome. I'm not going to like, I like sleeping in, I hate waking up early. Um, so that initially I was like, yeah, it's good for me. I'm training really hard. I should be waking up at 10. And eventually I was like, okay, I am not productive if I, if I sleep in this late. So recently as in the past, like two months, uh, six weeks, I've been just trying to have a morning routine because I am not a morning person. And so by setting my alarm clock at seven thirty or seven, whenever I need to get up, I actually wake up at that time. I go make some coffee and I just kind of be awake. It's gotten to the point where like, I can, I can stretch a little bit in the morning and I'll like go on, um, go check the news or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think that's been pretty good just in terms of like wrapping my mind around what it's going to be like to have to train work and go to school and have pretty high intensity for all of those things. So yeah, waking up early is like, it's, it's true. You know, um, I'm not a big fan of like those motivational podcasts, like uh, your Gary V's and your your Joe Rogans and whatnot, but they are or Jocko Willink. I think he's awesome. I just don't listen to his podcast. Um, they're big proponents on waking up early. And in the past, I was like, man, I don't know. I like to sleep. It's important for weightlifting, but yeah, it's it's better. You're more productive.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, like some people aren't. You know, it's like, especially. I feel like musicians usually, are like people who are super creative, sometimes they're like up till two or three in the morning, just making music yeah. or, or creating. So, so yeah, I think yeah. that can, it can definitely be beneficial. It's something that you have to do. I think if you're just, you know, sleep until noon and, and not doing the creative part, then that's then right. probably, <laughs> yeah, then no, probably I was better. definitely just like training. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're like, you're basically a professional weightlifter. That's like your main thing, correct?
1: I, yeah, I mean, I treat, I've said this for a long time. I treat weightlifting like it's my full-time job. I don't necessarily make any money doing it, but I think part of why I was able to go from, you know, having never lifted weights until I was 20 to um, where I am now and, and having the opportunity to train at a place like Cal Strength is I have put a lot of stuff on the back burner. And I've been, if you talk to anyone who's known for a while, they all know I've been in school for a long time because, uh, I've, you know, done the bare minimum credits to continue to keep creeping along with school while also having the ability to spend 30 to 40 hours in the gym each week. So, yeah, I mean, I treat it like it's my full-time job, and I would love to to believe that I'm a professional athlete and in this sport someday. I don't think I'm there yet, but I'm definitely, once I finish school this next year, um, next quad is going to be, I'm excited for next quad, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think anyone who's, uh, if you're trying to be great at something, you really have to treat it a hundred percent. And I think your habits change when you actually take something seriously, like you're not dicking around on Instagram before when you should be stretching. Like when you think of something as I'm a professional at this, uh, Steven Pressfield has a really good book called turning pro. And he just says like, professionals train like professionals and amateurs yeah. train like amateurs and Absolutely. you you see when you go to a big competition the difference
1: between the people who train for fun and how the people who train yourself. yeah yeah it's how com- you just approach the competi- competition in general yeah it's it's definitely different
0: yeah for sure so i have uh i have a finishing question i i'm working on i i haven't got it right yet but What's one message or, you know, one sentence that you can give to somebody who's just trying to be their best self, trying to be a little bit
1: better than they were yesterday. Yeah. Something just to be your best self. Ooh, I could go real cheesy with it or I can be a little more. uh, Go ahead. Let's,
0: let's hear the cheesy one.
1: I would have to say, man, this is going to make me cringe just saying it, but it is something that I've always like, Known that I do, um, you got to follow your heart, and I know that's like so cheesy. But like, uh, I'm I'm getting into this sport with uh, you know no athletic background, and I've gotten nothing but pushback from a lot of people in my life. And you know, my family, we didn't really none of my siblings played sports when we were growing up. My mom doesn't even understand even you know for me to be doing this this long. She's still uh, we had this running joke where basically every time I'd have a, a competition, I would call my mom just but after weighing in just to check in and, and talk to her. And we got into this routine where she'd be like, OK, so this is the last one. Right. And you're going to quit after this. And of course, I'd be like, yeah, of course, mom, I'm just going to quit and go to medical school like you want. <laughs> but and, and it got to the point where as I kept doing competitions, it was a joke between the two of us. But like there's a lot of pushback. In, in weightlifting. And I've had a lot of pushback in school, what I chose to study in school and a lot of things, but I've always been sure of myself because, you know, in my heart of hearts, I know this is actually what I want to do. And that's a very difficult thing to do is to, to know what you want. But I think if we're all honest with ourselves, it can be very easy to figure out what you want and then just going for it. Don't worry who says that is it's not a good idea or you won't be good at that. Because at the end of the day, if it's just something that you enjoy doing, you're going to continue doing it and it doesn't matter. And I've I've definitely made the mistake where I've done a lot of things in my life for other people and at the behest of, of what they want. And, you know, that's, that's caused a couple of bumps in the road, but every decision I've made that I knew I was, I was following me, you know, following my heart, doing exactly what I wanted to do. It's, it's, I've always been able to look back at that and be like, yeah, that was, that was the right thing to do. So we're going to go extra cheesy with that one. Extra cheese on top. Follow your heart guys.
0: <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that's cheesy at all. I think that's uh, that's great advice for anybody. So you just uh, recently started a podcast with Wes. Where can we yeah. go to find
1: that? Oh man, it's been so much fun. It's the be somebody podcast right now. We're on YouTube. Wes kits is the channel you'll find all those on. And then also at westkits.com. The podcast is hosted there and Apple Podcasts.
0: And you guys have had some pretty cool guests so far. I saw, I, I watched the Kiko Alonzo one. That was really Kiko.
1: cool. We had Eric Swope the other day. Um, TJ is one of uh, another football player, one of Wes's really good friends. And his parents have this nonprofit organization that sets up like a uh, Sport camps for um, at-risk youth, and so yeah, definitely a bunch of cool people. We have a few. I know we had Morgan King on. We haven't released that one yet, but that's um, coming out here pretty soon. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. If you're ever in California, we, we decided that we wanted to keep our um, our little powwow table. So when we have guests, we like them to be in person. So when you're out in California, I was on your podcast. You got to be on our podcast. We'll talk about weightlifting because we're both weightlifters. So, um, if you're ever there ever out in California, just let me know. We'll have you on. Hell yeah,
0: man. That'd be awesome. And, uh, what's your Instagram so people can find you?
1: Jakey eat steaky one (laughs) word or, or no underscores J A K E Y E A T S T A S T E A K Y. Yeah, I feel like
0: that's definitely not what like they tell the Instagram influencers, like make your Instagram something
1: easy. That's kind of why I did it, man. <laughs> like, it, 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 I think that's a very uh, quintessential Jake Baker thing to do. I'm a little goofy. I like to have fun. I'm not too serious about really fucking anything. So Jakey eats steaky.
0: Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute bless.
1: Yeah, Angela, thanks, man. I really appreciate it
0: and that's a wrap for this week's episode again thank you jake for coming on the show really fun conversation with him make sure to head over to his instagram to see some big lifts and you can also see him on the cal strength youtube channel so his instagram at jakey i will link that so i don't want to butcher the spelling when i'm on the spot right now but again uh, really fun interview i'm glad i got the chance to talk to jake And uh, go check out his podcast with Wes Kitts, the Be Somebody Podcast. They have some great guests on there. Like I mentioned, uh, Eric Swoops and um, Kiko Alonzo were really good on their show. So make sure to head over to there. It's on Apple. It's on YouTube. So check that out. Be somebody podcast. Make sure to follow me if you don't already at better than yesterday pod on Instagram. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Five stars would be awesome if you guys could do that. I really appreciate you coming back week in and week out and all the support. So thank you guys so much. And I look forward to the next episode.